Welcome to the Palm Harvest Podcast. We are a community in Costa Mesa, California. To know more about us, visit our website, palmharvest.com. To follow along with today's message, download the Palm Harvest app and click on Sermon Notes. Thank you for listening. All right. Well, grab your coffee and place to sit down. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Palm Harvest Church. I'm Pastor Mike Decker. Say hello, Pastor Mike. Good to see so many of you here today. Well, let's take a quick poll. Um, This is kind of a group interaction time uh, with a show of hands, and I think this is a rhetorical question, but how how many of you have like a favorite Bible character? You guys have anybody like in the Bible that really kind of jumps out at you? So I just want to, I want to kind of hear from you. We'll go from right to left. Uh, we'll start over here with this section. What's the name of one of your favorite, Bi- besides Jesus? We, okay, we'll just assume Jesus is the favorite Bible character. But anybody else uh, have a favorite? Joseph, okay. Anybody, Brett, you going? Moses, okay. How about this section over here? Job. Job? Andrew, yeah, good. Peter. How about over here? Yeah? Good. Anybody, nobody said Pharaoh. Nobody has a... Well, most of you probably know, and I've, uh, that I've mentioned this to you before, that out of all the people in the Bible, uh, besides Jesus, my favorite Bible character is, anybody know that, the answer? It's David. Come on, everybody. Who is it? David. And the reason I really love the story of David, if you know the story, his story, it's primarily told to us in the book of First and Second Samuel. Uh, David is the youngest of eight brothers. He's, he's the baby in the family. Any babies in the family? How many of you are like the baby or only? Got a few, few babies and only. Chuck, you were a fa- baby in the family? Amazing. <laughs> You know, and it was during his years uh, as a shepherd taking care of the family uh, sheep that David developed and became an expert in two things. Do you remember what they were? One of them was what? Shepherding. Shepherding. But what did he use to shepherd, to do his sheeping well? Shepherding. A slingshot, right? David became a master slingshot thrower, I guess you might call it that, that not only did he use to defend his sheep, Joe, but he would also use it to do, he defeated who? Right, the Philistine uh, giant Goliath. And the second skill that David was extremely proficient at, anybody guess? It was songwriting. He was a a very skilled musician. In fact, uh, when we read uh, about David's story, one of the things that David really what sort of led him into the palace as a warrior that put him on even King Saul's radar even before he faced the giant Goliath was he was invited into the king's court to play his harp or his, whatever he played, his guitar, to kind of soothe the king's uh, grumpy, grumpy mood. And so we know he's a very skilled songwriter. In fact, in the Bible, in the book of Psalms, of 150 psalms in the book of the Bible, most scholars agree that David wrote 73 of them, over half of them. And if you read the psalms, you know that they were songs that he wrote and sang over the course of his lifetime. 
Well, today we're going to unpack, we're going to read and unpack one of those psalms that David wrote. And so if you have a Bible, whether it's in paper or digital form, I invite you to turn to Psalm chapter 3. Now, I've talked about this before that, you know, for those of you, we're moving away from my kind of the paper Bible. But if you, a lot of you, if you have a Bible and you just open it, you find it and you just open it to the middle, you will land either in the book of Psalms or Proverbs. So that's just an easy way to find Psalm. And today we're going to be in Psalm chapter 3. Now, I suspect that most of you uh, know that David, after defeating the giant Goliath on the battlefield, was eventually promoted to be the king of Israel. And after being on the throne and ruling for a number of years, the Bible describes how his son Absalom betrayed him and he sought to remove David from his position as king. But rather than fight his son to protect his sort of place on the throne, David instead, the Bible tells us, chose to flee. He fled Jerusalem along with his sort of his kingly court. And basically what David was doing was he was forfeiting his kingly crown to his son. But if you know the story, Absalom wasn't happy just being the king as long as his dad was alive. And so Absalom kind of rallied his his early followers, uh, his renegade army. They pursued David in this effort to try to kill him. And it was during this season of life that while David is fleeing from his son, the son that he loves, he writes Psalm chapter 3. And as we're going to see here in Psalm chapter 3, David even though his circumstances sort of of his life in this particular moment are extremely hard, we're going to see how David, as he articulates in Psalm chapter 3, how he continues to trust God. And so for those of you who might find yourself in a season of transition right now in your life, you might find hope in in Psalm chapter 3 because the The big idea, sort of the big idea promise of this chapter, which we're going to look at together today, and I want you to look for it, is this, that you and I can rest in God's care. That's the big idea for our conversation today. I can rest in God's care. So let's join me for a prayer, and then we're going to dive into Psalm chapter 3. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for today. We thank you for the gift of life. We thank you for bringing us here to this place. We want to meet with you. We want you to meet with us. Lord, in this world right now, there's a lot of unrest. And maybe for those who are here, for those who are tuning online, they too might be experiencing some unrest in their life. Maybe they have a marriage that's not going so well. Maybe they've had the death of a loved one enter their season of life. Maybe they're in job transition. Lord, I don't know. But I do know that you promise us to give us rest. And so as we gather here today, as we dive into Psalm chapter 3, we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would teach us, that you would impress upon us something that we might implement practically into our life. We ask in Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Okay, Psalm chapter 3. Grab it. We're going to read the first few verses. Psalm chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. This is what David writes. He says, O Lord, I have so many enemies, so many are against me. So many, many are saying God will never rescue him. 
But you, O Lord, are a shield around me. You are my glory, the one who holds my head high. Let's stop here for a second. You know, here in Psalm chapter 3, David really declares, as we're going to see here, five convictions, if you will, five beliefs that he has learned about God. And the first thing that we see here that he proclaims here in these first three verses, conviction number one, David says that when I am attacked, God sustains me. When I am attacked, God sustains me. Friend, did you know that when circumstances are hard against you, that when you have God in your life, you can trust God to sustain you? You know, when your enemies are attacking you, when your critics are talking smack against you, when you are pressured for reasons that are warranted and not, According to David and his experience with God in our life, we can hold our head high. When attacked, David reminds us that God is with us and he will sustain us. We can rest in God's care. You know, right now across the world, the country of Russia is invading and has invaded the country of Ukraine militarily. Weapons have been fired. Lives have been ruthlessly ended. Fear and anger and bewilderment is being felt by many. Church, where's God when war breaks out? Why does God allow war? You ever think about that? You know, certainly as a creator of this world, he has a capacity, does he not, to stop it. So why does God allow war? I don't really have an answer to these questions. I suppose maybe one reason is that war is simply one unintended consequence of free choice, right, that God gives to, to all of us, to you and to me, that God gives to his creation, you know, what is the root of, of war? What is the root of, of friction and conflict? I suppose many things. Maybe in Russia's case, maybe in this current situation, maybe one of the reasons is simply we want oil, right? Oil is always a motivator for countries when they go for war. I suppose greed is another powerful motivator, is it not? when we uh, battle against people. You know, King David reminds us here in Psalm chapter 3 that when I am attacked, I can remain hopeful that God will sustain me and thereby I can rest in his care. Look again at verse 3. David declares this. He says, You, O Lord, are a shield around me. You are my glory, the one who holds my head high. Verse 4, he says, I cried out to the Lord, and he answered me. He answered me from his holy mountain. And so what we see here is the second conviction that David has learned and declares in his song of praise, so to speak. Conviction, conviction, conviction number two is that when I cry out, God hears me. When I cry out, God hears me. Friends, when you are up against it, when you are wrongly attacked, 
when you are maliciously insulted, when people are mean to you, or perhaps even when you simply experience disappointment, maybe in life. I want to encourage you and and urge you to believe what David believed, that when you cry out, that when I cry out, God, he hears us. God, our Heavenly Father, invites us to cry out. This past week I was doing some reading, and I, I ran across some letters that were written by our United States presidents to their successor in the Oval Office. Apparently, one of the uh, you know, outgoing, one of the last things that the United States sitting president will do on his last day of office is he will sit down and he will write a letter to his, his successor. And so President Ronald Reagan wrote a note to George H.W. Bush, and then George Herbert Walker Bush wrote a note to Bill Clinton, and then Bill Clinton, at the end of his term, wrote a, a note to George W. Bush, George number two. George Bush number two then subsequently wrote, left a note for Barack Obama, and then Barack Obama left a note for Donald Trump in 2017. And then Donald Trump wrote a two-page letter apparently pretty long letter to incoming President Joe Biden. Uh, we, it's, that letter has yet to be released, but the one thing that President Joe Biden has said is that he was very generous, quote, he was very generous in his words. And, and as I was reading these letters and I was thinking about, uh, you know, listening to sort of what these presidents were telling their, their incoming, the incoming president, I began to see a th- began to read and kind of capture this theme that existed in every single letter. Let me read for you uh, what George Walker Bush wrote to incoming President Barack Obama because I think President Bush really understood and maybe really reiterated what King David had learned as articulated here in Psalm chapter 3. Listen to what President Bush wrote. He says, Dear Barack, Congratulations on becoming our president. You have just begun a fantastic chapter in your life. Very few have had the honor of knowing the responsibility you now feel. Very few know the excitement of the moment and the challenges you will face. There will be trying moments. Check that out. There will be trying moments. The critics will rage. Your friends will disappoint you, but you will have an almighty God to comfort you. Powerful words. You will have an almighty God to comfort you, a family who loves you, and a country that is pulling for you, including me. No matter what comes, you will be inspired by the character and compassion of the people you now lead. God bless you sincerely. G.W. You know, President George Walker Bush, I think, had learned firsthand that when attacked, God sustains us. That when we cry out, that, that God hears. And in his, in his note to, to Barack Obama, President Bush really articulated the same conviction that David did, is that when things break loose, brothers and sisters, and, and when life gets hanky, we can find rest in God's care. You know, I want you to, I really want us to stop right now and I want us to take a moment 
to rest in God's care. You know, maybe some of you right now just really need to sit and rest in, in, in God's hair, care. You know, maybe you just feel really would say, you know, Mike, I could really use God's touch in my life. And so we're going to, I'm going to lead you today in a couple of prayer times, but this is the first. And so if, for just right now, maybe just close your eyes for a second. Take a deep breath, inhale, and then hold it. And then exhale. One more time. Take a deep breath. Inhale. Hold it. Exhale. Now in the quiet of this moment, pray this prayer in your heart. It's a very simple prayer. Say, Heavenly Father, please renew me today. And Heavenly Father, please protect me today. Again, deep breath, inhale, exhale, one more time. Heavenly Father, please renew me today. And Heavenly Father, please protect me today. Good. Conviction number three. A third conviction that we can see here that David articulates in this psalm in verse 5, which we're going to read here next, is that when I sleep, God watches over me. When I sleep, God watches over me. Read with me. Look at it. Verse 5. He says, I laid down and slept, David writes, yet I woke up in safety for the Lord was watching over me. Really powerful. That's a powerful testimony from a man who is, is fleeing for his life. Well, let me read it again. I laid down and slept, David writes, yet I woke up in safety, for the Lord was watching over me. You know, I was having a, a conversation this past week with a mother whose son has battled nightmares for most of his life. Maybe some of you know what that's like. And although he's no longer an adult, and he's, 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 uh, although he is now an adult, he's no longer a child, he still, she says, frequently will wake up in the middle of the night with his mind and his heart, you know, kind of racing from the images that are playing out in his, in his mind. And so she said, Mike, you know, uh, is, do you have any suggestions for what my son might do to help remedy these terrible nightmares? And so we talked. You know, when we read the Bible and study the life of David, we can read a, a, really a story of a man whose life at times was a living nightmare. Life was not always easy for, for David and certainly not as a king. And yet somehow, even while fleeing a son who was seeking to kill him, we can read here how David's confidence in the Lord remains st steadfast. You know how, how, so much so that he, he could sleep at night. I mean, how many of you know what it's like to wake up in the middle of the night with your, your mind racing because you're thinking about everything that has to take place? I was talking to a friend yesterday on the phone, you know, and, and he's dealing with some pressures in his life right now. And he says, I'm not sleeping. Because that's the first question I always ask people is, when's the last time you slept? You know, I've told you this, when people call me and they have, they're suicidal, I'll say, when was the last time you slept? And they'll say, 48 hours, 72 hours, you know, it's a long time. We all know what it's like. And yet David, we read here, 
is able to sleep with a peaceful mind. Why? Because he believed and had come to experience how God was watching over him. David, in spite of everything that was happening around him and was beyond his control, he learned to lean on God for comfort and shelter. And so again, let's take a moment and let's rest in God's care. Encourage you to open your hands, open your heart, open your mind. Let's pray this prayer together, okay? In your, just take a deep breath again. Exhale and just pray this in your heart. Say, Heavenly Father, please help me to trust you. And please put in my heart your comfort and shelter. I want to rest in you. Good. Now look at verse 6. David writes, He says, I am not afraid of 10,000 enemies. Amazing. Really? I'm not afraid of 10,000 enemies who surround me on every side. Translation, conviction number four, when facing turbulence, God protects me. When facing turbulence, God protects me. Look at the prayer that David offers in verses 7 and 8. He writes, verse 7, Arise, O Lord, rescue me, my God. Slap all my enemies in the face. Shatter the teeth of the wicked. This is the, this is the military man, right? Punch him in the nose, God. You ever pray that against your adversaries? Punch him in the face, God. Shatter their teeth. Bloody him up good, he says. Verse 8, Victory comes from you, O Lord, May you bless your people. Who's reading their scriptures out loud? <laughs> All right. At least it's the Bible. Would you write this down? Conviction number five. God holds victory and blessing in his hand. God holds victory and blessing in his hand. Church, King David is declaring to you and me the truth that you and I can rest in God's care. Have y'all been paying attention what's, to what's going on in Russia and Ukraine? You know, I, I, I've told you this before that I don't watch much TV. I haven't watched any TV this week at all, amazingly enough. But I did go online and I did watch a couple of, you're going to love this, a couple of video clips from CNN. Y'all love CNN, right? They're the best source of news. But basically, you know, in these reports from CNN or Fox or whatever your, your choices are, in the couple of video clips I saw, I, I realized, whoa, Russia is invading the Ukraine. People's lives are being lot left and lost. And I've watched enough to, to know that there are people whose lives are being overthrown by this war. Would you agree with that? And what it's caused me to do is pray. Are you praying for what's going on in Russia? Are you praying for what's going on in, in Ukraine? How are you praying, brothers and sisters? You know, for what it's worth, one of the things that I've been asking God to do, particularly for those who are in harm's way, I find myself praying for the Christians who are probably existing in both arenas. I find myself more so praying for those Christians who are in, in, the, in the Ukraine. I've seen some videos. I saw one friend posted a video of some Ukraine, it's Ukraine church in the subway just singing carols, these hymns of faith. 
But I find myself praying for these Ukraine Christians, really asking God to give them strength and courage and an opportunity to be a witness and a source of comfort to their non-Christian family and friends. Because in any war, whether it be a military war, whether it's tanks and guns or even an emotional war involving fear and worry, and maybe even some nighttime sleeplessness, God can use those terrible situations to create opportunities for people who love Jesus to step in and to and, and just with real simplicity say, you know what, I'm scared too, but I'm holding on to God because he is the source of victory and blessing. King David believed that. And friends, I invite and encourage you to believe that too. You and I can rest in God's care. Even when the world around us is at unrest. You know, we don't have to go to the Ukraine to find unrest. It feels like my week has been inundated with phone calls of people whose lives are in unrest right now. And maybe yours is too. But King David here in Psalm chapter 3, while he's being chased by his son who is trying to kill him, reinforces his conviction that when attacked, God sustains me. That when I cry out, God hears me. That when I sleep, God watches over me. When facing turbulence, God protects me. Why? Because victory and blessing, God holds in his hand which is why, brothers and sisters, in faith, we can rest in his care. Are you resting in his care? And so we're going to close this service, and we're going we're gonna to pray a couple of things. One, we're going to pray that God brings an end to this war. Is that a good prayer? Are you in agreement with me that that's a prayer? And then we're also going to pray... In general, we're going to pray that God asks for, but I want you to specifically to, today to, to, to pray for the, for the children. That's what grabs my heart. Let's pray that, that the, in, the, in the midst of all the chaos that's taking place, that God would just bring his peace and somehow his, his security and calmness into the minds and the hearts of these children who are impacted in both countries. Let's ask God to humble these military leaders and move them to stand down from their pride and ego. And then at the same time, we're going to close our service. After we pray for those two things, we're going to, I'm going to give you an opportunity for you to ask God to bring peace and comfort in your own life. Because I recognize that there may be a war going on in your life today too. And together we're going to ask for God's strength and protection. Because friends, as I often say, God's eyes are on you. Do you believe that? Even in the seasons when it may not feel like it, even in those seasons when I feel alone, God's eyes are on me. And David reminds us of that truth. And so let's go to prayer. Just encourage you to kind of put everything down for a minute. Again, take a deep breath Hold it, exhale. Now in your heart, pray this. First of all, just say, Heavenly Father, please strengthen me. And please protect me. 
And please help me to rest in your care. Thank you, God, for the security of living here in the United States. And now, Heavenly Father, I pray for those in the battle zone. The battle zone between Ukraine and Russia. We pray for the children who are impacted by these wars. God, protect them. Soothe them. Touch them. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that when I'm attacked, you sustain me. Personalize that. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that when I cry out, as we cry out right now, you hear me. That when I sleep, you watch over me. That when facing turbulence, you protect me. Thank you, Father, that we can rest in your care. And so please fill my heart right now with your peace and love. And please bring an end to this senseless war. We ask in Jesus' name, the powerful name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Friends, no matter what life throws at us, know that God's with you. And know that you have a church family that's with you. Don't go, go, don't go through life alone. Uh, Lisa was reminding me uh, earlier this morning how a few months ago I was sharing how we had, a, as a church, we were facing a, uh, an issue, a challenge that... Uh, was keeping me awake at night. Remember that, for those of you? Well, that's resolved. She said, you know, you should probably let everybody know that it's been resolved. And I'm like, oh yeah, you know, forget forget to, we always forget to tell people what's going on, you know. As a chaplain, as a police chaplain, one of the things when I get called out by the dispatch, a lot of times I'll make it a point to call our dispatch officers later and say, hey, I just want to give you an update on what, how things ended. Because a lot of times they don't know. They're just hearing 911 calls and they're sending police officers and firefighters out and they never know how it ends. And so forgive me for not letting you know, but God worked and we had a, we put to prayer a decision we had to make and he remedied it. So thank you for joining us. stand together. Let's sing this last chorus. I'm going to see a victory. Thank you for listening to the Palm Harvest podcast. We would love to get to know you. So download the Palm Harvest app for free and fill out our connection card. Your continued support helps us spread hope around the world. You can also give in our app and find out more about our community.